I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you ever just thought to yourself, why me? Why is life so unfair? What do other people see? When they watch me walk by, when I catch my reflection, people run like I have a contagious infection. But it's not my mental health. I know that can be crushing. I'm talking about plaque psoriasis. Bet you didn't see that coming. I'm sick of the judgment, the discomfort and itching. Vitama Cream is the once daily steroid-free treatment I know I've been missing. Vitama Tepinarov Cream 1% is a prescription topical treatment for adults with plaque psoriasis. Do not use if you're allergic to Vitama Cream. The most common side effects of Vitama Cream include red raised bumps around the hair pores, pain or swelling in the nose and throat, skin rash or irritation, including itching and redness, peeling, burning or stinging, headache, itching and flu. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you're pregnant or plan to be. Ask your doctor if Vitama Cream is right for you. You deserve more from your topical. To learn more, visit topicaluprising.com. Welcome back, it's all smiles, it's a Friday afternoon and I'm joined by Brian Degnan 
and Lawrence Conley. There is loads to talk about. Just when you're setting yourself up for a, a pre-Derby bulletin, Lawrence, Ange pulls another one out the bag. We spoke about Tumoki Awata uh, during the week. He has joined. He's joined the club. He's joined the Ange Revolution. What's your initial reactions to this? Best player in the Japanese league. You know, what? I think we know a lot more about Japanese players than we did you know, 18 months or so ago. <laughs> so I think we've got to be able to, the minimum we've managed to get the best player out of their league. No, I'm saying it's certainly not them. Uh, we know there'll be a few players we expect to move on from that kind of number six position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robertson, it just doesn't look to work for him. I, I don't think he's let us down any time he came in. He had a couple of good loan, loan spells. But it just doesn't seem to be uh, the right time for him. Gucci's been unlucky with injuries. And I think, you know, Abelgaard was here for a year. Well, I don't know, six months into that. And we've not seen a lot of him, have we? That was an 80s reference there, Lawrence, for anybody uh, younger than in their early 40s. Shergar was, tell us. He was a wonderful horse that went missing. I, I don't did. know who kidnapped him. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Something um, who will remain in the past, like various other things who went missing without a trace. Now, to Moki Awata, Brian, what do we know about him? So Celtic have confirmed, as Lauren says, uh, that we've signed the Japanese Player of the Year. He's just won the league, actually, with uh, Andy's former club. Ange signed him for uh, Yokohama F. Marinos. And uh, this is a loan deal, very similar to the Dyson Maeda loan deal with a compulsory purchase clause um, reported to be 830,000 quid. If you can buy the best player in Japan for 830 grand, did I say 830 quid? 830 grand. Um, then, you know, there's only so many times you can go back to that well until it's saturated. That's about my only concern with this, Brian. Yeah, I suppose that's a concern, but I don't think they're, they're anywhere near that, that stage yet. I think what they've discovered, though, is, you know, you can get getting players like Neil Hikati for, what, a million and a half quid? Something like that. Um, Daija was pennies. And then uh, this guy, the best player in Japan, we're getting for under a million. It's just mm-hmm. great business. Um, I think I, I was reading that quote for Ange from when he signed him from his previous club to Marinos. And he yeah. said the reason he signed him was he was incredibly strong, incredibly aggressive, really good at turning defence into attack. You know, his ball transition was really, really good. He can play centre-half, centre-mid, right-back. It just seemed every part the type of player you want in the team around what we're missing. And I've spoke before about how <clears throat> I think there's no one in the squad just now can do what McGregor does in terms of how he turns to Vincent attack. Mm. And it looks like Oata's in that mode. Um so it's just a it's just a brilliant signing. I think, you know, Iriguchi's probably off. As Lawrence said, it's not really worked out for him. Uh, Scott Robertson's not featured at all, so it's unlikely to feature anytime soon. Abelgaard's um contracts apparently get ripped up as well. So you've got a replacement number six there. So it just shows Andrew's right on it. He's doing his business right. He's doing it quick. He's identifying key areas. And as you say, if you can get a player of this calibre for that amount of money, and it's a player that Andrew knows well, so we trust Andrew's judgment, it's an absolute brilliant signing. And the most important of all, and I still can't quite believe it, we've got three signings in for the January transfer window. And it's not even January yet. Yep, again. That's unheard of for Celtic. Even last season, I thought, this is amazing. I wonder 
this is just a one-off line if it's going to happen. And he's done it again. He's identified where we need work. He's, he's got his players in. You know, they all seem like exciting players. Um, it's just it's just absolute brilliant business. And credit has to go to the, the, the people above as well, Michael Nicholson, etc., for, for backing him and trusting his judgment and getting it done. It's great stuff. It is. If you heard my phone there, that's because obviously um, Axom is a, a multi-layered company with dozens of staff, which means that obviously I'm sitting here on my own doing the social media as well as doing the live bulletin. Um, don't believe the hype. Uh, yeah, we never stop. So January uh, this year, we had three bodies in and then we added Matt O'Reilly. And then January, the January we're going into, we've done exactly the same. The way that we're approaching recruitment, it has been absolutely sensational. Uh, and people can nitpick and say that there's been a few um, you know, signings that haven't worked out. Of course there has. You show me a manager who has got a flawless record in the transfer market. I'll tell you what Ange does have, a much better um, ratio than most managers that went before. We don't see... Uh, the millions going out to players who are project signings. We, we've just not been seeing that. And the point you made there, Brian, in terms of the actual value for money, so we brought in a 25-year-old who can play in defence or in midfield. He's a, he's, a, he's a key number six, I think, addition. Four caps already for Japan. As I say, I mean, the, the actual fee is going to be 830 grand, which is tremendous. And if you look at these signings, right, you look at the, the, the players here. Rio Atati, um, Ediguchi, Matt O'Reilly, Joe Hart, Kobayashi, Maeda, Haksabanovic and Awata, right? And you look at the combined transfer fees for those players, and I know they're not all coming from the Japanese leagues, obviously. 8.9 million quid, which is an average of £1.1 million per player. Now, Lawrence, you talk about recruitment, you talk about a strategy, that's all fair and well, but look at the value for money. And I mean, yes, um, there's maybe one or two players there with no resale value, either due to their age or indeed the fact that they've not played enough since they came to Celtic, you know, Idiguchi being the, the main example of that. But in terms of their transfer market value right now, Lawrence, you know, it's potentially tenfold. Unbelievable bit of business. What you're looking at, they almost cost what Edward cost. But Edward obviously came out, you know, we owed a percentage of him when we sold him on. So what did we bring in for Edward and what would we bring in for these players? It's, you know, it's crazy to look at it that way, just how much more it's worth. And the players without, you know, a selling value, I don't think they're fiend Gucci. You know, I think there's teams, we won't make money on them, but... Make your money cost. back, yeah. But, yeah, you know, we're not losing a lot on them either. You know, so, you know, we may end, may end up losing, you know, half a million on them or whatever, but... It's not the, the fortunes, geez. We used to give that away on, on loan loan fees for players from the EPL that would never be your players. You know, times you would doubt their commitment when they were playing. Uh, I don't think you can ever say that about any Angie's signings. That he seems to get guys with character. You know, who don't doubt mm-hmm. their commitment. So some of them haven't made it. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. like Axon Lawrence. We, we need people with character. It's all about the character. Um, yeah. And the morals of our team members, and yeah, uh, obviously they need the to character. fit. They need to fit. You, you perhaps don't need to be a character. You know, Mickey Mouse is a character, but I don't know if you let him on. You know, but, but having character is different. Is that Pulp Fiction or something? I don't know. But uh, yeah, so some of them haven't made it, like like Gucci, because the other signings that are coming in midfield are filling in in places that Gucci could have perhaps taken up. You know, look at Riley being dropped back to the yeah. Deep lying playmaker. 
So exactly. Yeah. So if you're bringing two players in that don't cost a lot and and one of them makes it and, and kind of as you say it's about ten times his value. Now, I mean, what would you get for a Riley now? Well. Uh, I know. You can afford to you know get half your money back on the other one. It, it, it's it's definitely work a lot better. And it's, I think, as you said, you know, we never stop. But Andrew's speaking about that. He, he never stops looking for players that can improve the team. He's relentless. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes right through his football. It's not just on the park, is it? It is through everything he does. I know he's uh, working Tosh hard, hard out there. That uh, Shamrock Zipper of Toshies will be flying all over the world as he scouts players. So, yeah, it's... It's just you need to get on one of these scouts jackets that you used to see when you were playing for the school, Lawrence, and there was always a guy in a long trench coat and you instantly thought he was a scout. He might not have been a scout. Um, but we need to get him a big shamrock bubble jacket uh, for his yeah, uh, trivials. Absolutely. Which reminds me, I've still got one of your trackies here at the studio, so let's make sure you get that in the new year. Um, it does raise the question. There's there's been certain moments, I guess, when you know with McGregor's injury, Brian. You know, if if Abu Gar was to get that run of games, or if Eddie Gucci was to resurrect his Celtic career, or indeed, I think the timing was wrong for McCarthy with regards to his own fitness at that point. But you know, if they were going to have a career at Celtic, that was the moment, wasn't it, when McGregor was injured, and what Ange did at that point is he moved O'Reilly into a, a slightly different position in midfield. And I think O'Reilly totally relished that. He relished the change. But I've been complaining, maybe is the wrong word, but I've been mentioning quite a few times the fact that O'Reilly has not scored this season. And he came close a couple of times at Easter Road. But you've got to caveat that by saying that he he was playing in a deeper role for a spell, for a spell. So I think that, you know, the the, the signal was there, I reckon, that these two players that I've just mentioned, Abogar um, and Adeguchi, their futures were really in doubt when that opportunity arose and instead of bringing one of them in, he's pulled O'Reilly back. Do you think that spells the end? Is it going to be a situation, Brian, um, because we know Andrew's ruthless, is it going to be one in three out even? And I'm not talking about Robertson, I mean James McCarthy, Adeguchi, Abilgar. Is it going to be a scenario where we bring in the new man and it allows us to... Listen, I'm not going to call them Deadwood. They're all very good footballers, right? And I'm sure they're very professional as well at their craft. But they're not contributing. Yeah, well, that's the, the thing. I mean, what, what you, you got to love about Ange and, and Lawrence touched on it there. <clears throat> He's bringing these players in when he sees an opportunity, which means the players that are there in that position need to either step up or step out. That's his, I, I, you know, I, I get the impression. <clears throat> I don't think he cares a jot how popular a player is. Mm-hmm. If someone comes in, if Iwata comes in and he's absolutely killing it at training, he gets a chance and he's absolutely sensational. He's not going to just put Cal McGregor in for the sake of it. Cal McGregor's got to step up and make sure he's still the one in charge. And she saw the difference with Taylor when they bring in Burnaby. Everyone thought Burnaby's going to start now. Yes. Taylor stepped right up and he's that aggression filters through the squad. That's what you need. And I think it's really important in terms of players going out. Yeah, I think. And I, I, one of the things I've been really critical of in the past is Celtic sort of stockpiling players, especially mm-hmm. younger players. I just don't see why. It's just a waste of time. And I think Angie's the case where he's like, look, you're not going to feature, get somebody else that is going to feature. Best of luck on your way. It's like when he said before he was asked about keeping players happy. And he said, it's not my job to make them happy. If they're not happy out there playing in this kit in front of 60,000 people, go somewhere and find happiness elsewhere. And I love that from him because he's such a, a ruthless like obsession with success and the way he's going to get that is by the best players in 
We are playing the best at that time. And if you're not up to that, and you're going to throw your dummies out, or you're not interested in playing, you're going to move on. <laughs> and just came back, <coughs> talking about sell-on values of players. We talked about, the, you mentioned the players there for like eight point, whatever million it was, all those players in, right? Massive sell-on values. But even look at the players that they spent money on. Look at Kyogo. Kyogo, if he gets sold, will go for good money. Jota and Carter Vickers, they're comfortably going to make their money back. You know, I still want to make a very good profit on these players. And you look at potentially Yaranovic, for what, what was it, 3 million, 3.2 million or something he was? We're looking at maybe 25 million selling him in the space of 18 months. It's incredible transfer business. And it is business. And I know you said, Paul, earlier that, you know, we don't do this project player thing. I think we, I would disagree. I think we still do. We just do it better. I think Kobayashi is probably a project player. I think we bring him in, try and develop him. He'll go. I think Iwata might be as well. I think Bernabe probably is. But I think they fit the system. They're the type of people you want at the club and are very, very good players. And that's the difference. We're still doing a similar thing, just in the best version of it. And it, it really is incredible. And then just, one, just, just one final thing on O'Reilly. Um, I think you were right. I think I said it at the time when he could drop back into the, the deeper role. I thought, well, if you're Abelgard or Eddie Gucci or McCarthy or Robertson, that's you done. Because if he's shifting players at a position, he fill that role, you're not going to get a game. That's the reality. And I think it's naive if you think otherwise. If you think, oh, well, I'll bide my time. Like, no. If somebody's filling in your position, that isn't their position. It's time to go. Um, a, a few people get a wee bit upset because I said Kiel would be out of form, which he had been. So, but, so was O'Reilly. I think O'Reilly was poor the other night against Tibbs. And actually, I think O'Reilly done quite well in the deeper role. I don't think he's, since he's moved back in his position, I don't think he's he's quite hit the heights. And the lack of goals is a concern for me as well because he's had a lot of opportunities. So while I love him, as everybody knows, I think he's brilliant. He's not been in great form either. So it'll be interesting if maybe Ange looks to sign another sort of attacking player or he drops to the bench now. Maybe Moy starts in his place because he was excellent against Hibs. He was. There's going to be some dilemmas that we'll talk about in terms of selection at Ibrox. I'm bringing in Sean, just as you were talking about Greg Taylor, brought up Sean Thompson, who's watching on the YouTube channel. We've just hit 10.5 million views on the channel, which is unbelievable when you consider. I'm looking up at my board here. My eyesight's that bad. I can't see the figures, but I think it was July 2020 is when we started uploading Axom content onto the channel. So the channel's been running for two and a half years. We've hit 10.5 million views. If you're watching, subscribe and hit the big bell because it will notify you every time a bit of Celtic content goes on the channel. In 2023 and beyond, everything we put on there is going to be exclusively Celtic-related. So everything else we do will be elsewhere. Sean Thompson, afternoon, was a bit concerned when Taylor went down the other night, but just bumped into him at Brayhead and he seems fine. Needs our best players for Monday. Thanks for the update, Sean. Had we not got that, we would need to have asked Declan, who I'm sure was out for a coffee with him earlier on this week. Um, Jungle Lion, great to get all these players in early and not the 31st of January. What tends to happen if you bring them in late is panic sets in. And that's when, the, the you know, in terms of a vision or your focus um, is way laid. If you look at what we've just been talking about, Lawrence, how big a part of that, Brian thinks the, the strategy and, and the approach is the same, we're doing it better. How big a part of that do you think is the fact that Ange has more control over the actual players coming in? 
So, so, so I think Brian's right. The overall action strategy is you know, everyone's a project player. It, it, it's a business. Come and sell, take, put yourself in the shop window. We will develop you. Someone big's come in, so we get a huge offer. We'll sell you on. Move on. I think Ange is more focused in the implementation of it. He's more certain on the type of player he wants. And he pro- probably probably uses more data. And he, you know he's got guys scouting the leagues out there saying, if you get a player that hits these data points, I want to see the videos on. I want him scouted. Well, because he fits my system. Mm-hmm. Previous managers, you know, they, they kind of played a number of systems, so they were looking for players that could fit a number of systems, which cost you a bit more money if they're going to be good at a number of systems. We only need players that are good at one system. That's all I just said. It's just these data points, good at this system, and it works for me. Mm-hmm. Other managers are going, well, I want to play this system then, and I'll change it to this, so I need guys that can play a few different. You know, what and Ronnie used to talk about that. They need to learn one system first. Once I've learned that, I'll teach them another system. And just maybe just make it really simple for them, you know. Just learn this system. Just do what I tell you. It'll work. We won't concede a lot of chances for open play. We'll create loads of chances. And if we take a, a fair percentage of them, we should win our games. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it's working so far. 17 out of 18. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the identification of players is easy because he's so focused on what he wants. It is players that can just play that style and fit in yeah. and those dark points. Which makes it... It's going to make it easier for, for the guys that are, are drawn up the list to be scouted, saying, right, these guys fit that. They could play this style. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. the safety coaching team go and have a look at them. Absolutely. And I, on a Wednesday night or whatever, I don't know. And your shamrock jacket. And the thing is, though, Lawrence, that's when players like Albogar then become almost quite bemusing to me because he doesn't have that attack and play or the skills or the attributes um, to turn defence and transition it into attack. I think the defensive plays there. So that there are one or two players who have come in and you question it. Um, you know, is that a player that fits the system? And and again, it, it's not an exact science. This is the thing. I think, you know, Ange, like many managers, have embraced data. But if it was an exact science, you wouldn't even have to kick a ball. You could just do it as like a computer game. Right, my team will beat your team, will no bother. There's no exact science to it. But there are players who are obviously suited to Angie's team um, and he will then check if they've got the right character and philosophy for that as well. And there's other players that we've got who will be brilliantly suited to other teams. And that's why I think players like Stephen Welsh continually come up on the radar of other clubs all over the country and beyond. Now, if there was one player, Brian, out of the three that we've been talking about here and James McCarthy, Eddie Gucci and Abelgar that you think will actually have a Celtic career, beyond this January who's that player going to be so <clears throat> pragmatically McCarthy probably just because I think <clears throat> he doesn't seem to have ambitions of moving anywhere I think I still I think he'd be quite content to, to train and then play when called upon um, I think Idiguchi I've said a number of times before guy's yeah, also a good player but I, I don't know what type of player he is I don't know enough about him I don't know where he fits and the team, he's never really made an impression for me. At least McCarthy's got a very defined role. And I still think, you know, if there's a... Because even though we've got Iwayata or Iwayata Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's coming from McGregor. If there's an injury crisis, it's still good to have that third option. And mm-hmm. I think McCarthy will be at Abogard. I would imagine it's probably off. I think there's talk his contract's getting ripped up in January. So, um, but I mean, he's a very good player, Danish International. And this is the thing, I think you said earlier, Paul, these guys are all good footballers. You know, you don't go to Celtic and live being a bad footballer. You just don't. It's just sometimes your face doesn't fit. Sometimes, you know, Abogar's really, really good in that role, but the way that role is at Celtic isn't quite just a ball winner. You have to be like a transition player. You have to make sure you're, you turn the best at the attack. And it's such a, a, a very distinctive role within that that it's hard to fit. And as I say, it could be the case that you don't settle in the country. You maybe don't go on with people the way you thought you might have. Maybe the training's too much for you. Maybe you get unlucky with injuries. There's a number of factors. So it's not just being good enough isn't enough. It's, it's you know, there's a lot of things that have to work for transfers to be a success. And that's why the success of Angie's transfers is so impressive for me. Because the sheer number of them, that, I mean, you're talking probably 90%. Probably Avogad, Idiguchi is probably the only ones that have not worked at all, you would say. You have to make assumption about McCarthy was ready on the way in before he came in. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. To have that number of players from all over coming in and yeah, incredibly, what we seem to know is an incredibly hard um, sort of training regime. The way we play is really fast and intense and the demands are so strong and yet they've all sort of worked. It's incredibly impressive. So long may it continue. Ah, for sure. I do think McCarthy and Hart were probably, I say, legacy signings, but you know, Joe uh, Joe Hart has confirmed that Ange had the last say on, on the deal. So I'm, I'm reckoning they've been lined up, but Ange has obviously had that conversation. Joe Hart's spoken about it. Uh, the two boys coming in from Sheffield Wednesday, the, the deals were done. The players were coming in. I still think it's hilarious that uh, Osazi Urigidi started following us on Christmas Day. Just to remind us, I think, that he does play right back. We were his one and only account on Twitter that he followed. He has since unfollowed us, but a big shout out to Urigidi if you're watching. Lawrence, I think I know the answer to this, right? Who would you keep? Who do you think's got a future out of the three players we've mentioned? Yeah, I'm going to keep Brian, quite boringly, and it's uh, Abelgard isn't our player. You know, he was signed for a year. He'll go back to his team after that, if not before. I think we'd be happy to let him go back in January, especially uh, as everything goes as expected on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, was McCarthy, you know, he's at the end of his career. I can't see him wanting to leave Celtic. I can't see him wanting to go down to 3PL. I don't think that told any appeal for him. He's on a decent wage with us. Part of that reason is, you know, he came in a free transfer. So, he counts as a, a homegrown player in terms of a league player for Europe. So, I, I think he's someone that will just see out his career with Celtic, and that'll be it at the end of that contract. That's it. Pretty bleak future, but it sounds that you know playing a few games here and there. But mm. I think he's happy with that. You know, he's ha- he's a Celtic fan. He's happy to be at Celtic. Uh, the other players, yeah, a lot of it comes down to they just couldn't dislodge who was in front of them. It's about how good the guys in the park have been playing. Absolutely. You know, you're not getting a chance just because you're doing well in training. If the boys in the park are are just re- relentless and turning out wins. It's kind of hard to get your foot into that position, isn't it? You know, to get on the park. And when you do come on, you've really got to turn it on. I mean, I, I suppose that's one thing I've said about kind of recent subs. There's only a bad I've really been making that argument for, for starting. <laughs> you know, when they come off the bench and go, well, I can see why 
most of the years are on the bench. Abada, I'm not too sure. You know, he's really pressing it. I suppose before Abada, the only sub that was doing that uh, was Jamesy. You know, and now he's went from kind of, you know, just the general squad to definite matchday squad, maybe starting now. So, yeah, after being written off by, by loads of players again, he's, he, James Forrest has, has proven that, you know, there's life in his legs yet and he's got a lot to contribute. Absolutely. I mean, we called him a, a legend on Axom. It was the title. We called James Forrest a legend. And a what was that, Lawrence? Spell legend, right? I just know some fans of some teams can't spell legend. That's true. Talking of spelling, uh, I see a quote on your T-shirt there, Lawrence. Share it with us. Yeah. Do you not know how a picket line works? So it's yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's in a sleeve. Yeah, RMT Mick Lynch, man of the year, man of the year. Indeed. There you go. Up there with Ange. Celtic follower. So will Awata feature prominently in a number six role to strengthen us from counter-attacks? I hope so. Um, well, again, just like what Lawrence is saying there, that there's going to be this competition for places that um, is unheralded. And I use the Martin O'Neill team as an example. Obviously, next year, I say celebrate. Uh, we'll be celebrating the, the appearance in our third European final. Seville was 20 years ago in May. Uh, but when you look at that team, when you look at the fact that big John Hartson was injured for the game um, and you look at the, the bench, it actually shows you that in terms of the, the deeper and the wider squad, Brian, that um, you know we didn't really have the depth that Ange Postacoglu's team's got. Now, I'm not saying Ange's team was better than Martin O'Neill's team. That's a, that's a great debate for a later podcast episode. But I, I would definitely say in terms of the depth we've got, a much greater depth in this particular squad. Um, we're going to get onto some of the other players because one of the one of the guys, I mean, actually two that, that have been briefly mentioned today, Matt O'Reilly and, and Jota. There's been times in their Celtic career where they have been absolutely undroppable. Yet we're going into the second derby of the season at Ibrox, nine points ahead. The traditional New Year's Day game, albeit on the second. And none of the two players are guaranteed a starting berth in the team. Such is the depth of the squad. Such is the quality of those players who are maybe second or third choices, even if Ange looks at it like that. But I want to start off by talking about um, Aaron Moy, because, Brian, you quite rightly said the other night, I thought he was brilliant. I reckon it was his best performance in a Celtic jersey. He scores two goals. He gets off the, uh, the mark, scoring his, his first goal. And... I think that this follows uh, a World Cup tournament that he really did impress. He was brilliant in the World Cup. Another one, like James A. Forrest, where people were asking when, obviously, Forrest signed his new contract, why we're giving him a contract. People were questioning why we're giving Moy a contract. I think he shut up a lot of his um, critics. He's 32 years of age, 57 caps for Australia. He's now made 24 appearances for Celtic. But the big question I'm going to ask you, Brian, and I'll come to you first, does he start at Ibrox on Monday? Yes, I would. Just because I think, if you look at how calm he is, so there's an argument for both, so I'll give you an argument for O'Reilly starting as well, but I do think Moy will start ahead of him. I think it will be McGregor, Hatati, Moy. The reason being, I think, we're likely to be under pressure at Ibrooks at one point or another, you know, because, you know, we're playing at their ground, they're going to have moments where they're in control or attacking. He's great at just holding that composure. And, and in much... He's a very different player from Roderick, but it's nice to have that calmness, that assuredness on the ball. While he's not the quickest boy, he very rarely gives the ball away, and he's got a very good eye for a pass, and he can take the ball under pressure. He's not scared of a tackle either, you know, so he can put himself about, and I think he'll thrive in that atmosphere. 
So that's that's where I see him, I think. O'Reilly will drop out and it'll be Hatati because he's got the legs to run about. And again, you spoke about it a number of times. Hatati's so unpredictable that you, you can't not play him because there's times where he does things and you go, oh, what are you doing that for? That doesn't work. And he does this spectacular pass or strike. Or, I mean, I was I was saying the other day, um, I was saying I don't like when players have played that position. I think they should just play the normal position. He goes to right back, scores twice, gets man in the match. So, <laughs> so if there's ever any evidence why I should be here and ever in charge of a team, that's why. But that's why you always have to give him the team because you don't know what he's going to give you. And your opponents don't know either. So I think he's definitely starting. I think McGregor has to start. He's been excellent since he came back. And you can see, the, especially you noticed in the Aberdeen game, he was determined not to lose, mm-hmm. which is why he's such a good captain. Um, if I was going to stay, my, my case for O'Reilly, O'Reilly starting is, I, although I think he's going to be a bit off the boil, he is an exceptional player. I still think he's going to be the superstar of the team. I think he'll go for the most money. I think he's got the most potential. Um, and what I think he'll be really good at, he's really good at defending from the front as well. I think a really underrated part of his game is how much he wins the ball back from an attacking position. Yeah. I think he's very, very good at it. And I think that could be really important for us. So if either one of them starts, I'd be delighted. But I think it's Moy. No, and as you say, there is a case for both players to start. And that goes back to the point that we were making there that you know we do have the depth in the squad. Lawrence, I'm going to come to you as well. Um, Aaron Moy, I don't think, I, I, I can't say over the piece um, elsewhere what the, the view was on Moy signing, but in terms of Axom and the contributors on here, I think there was a positivity about the signing. I think it was a slightly different buy because he wasn't one of these guys that you were saying there, Lawrence, every player's a project player, you buy them in, you build them up because of his age, because of the period of the career that he's at. He's a wee bit more like Joe Hart in terms of this could be maybe his last two or three seasons at this level, and then obviously whatever happens after that. So there was a, there was a difference there. He wasn't a marquee signing. He comes in free. Um, and I just think slowly but surely, he has won a lot of doubters over, to the point where at Easter Road the other night, Lawrence, there's Celtic fans are chanting his name. Um, does he start on Monday, though? <laughs> I, I was a bit lucky. I was down at the Peter Scarf uh, club listening to Chris Sutton saying when he signed, uh, when Moy signed, and he just said, "Look, you just get a six million pound player for nothing." <laughs> you, you, you know, well, why would you be down on him? And you, you know, and he's been great for us. Does he start? I suppose it depends who they play at right back. Mm-hmm. It'll depend on many spaces there is in midfield. Absolutely. You know, Tati's just went, went in there. He's literally the best right back in the club. You, you, you know, but. You know, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm a bit worried that clubs that are looking at Juranovic are now thinking, who's this a tie fellow? Because he's looked outstanding at right back. Hatati's not the quickest, he, you know, he's quick enough, certainly quicker than me. So, I know Juranovic is. <laughs> is, that, probably, is that the barometer that Ange uses now? Is, no. can, can he beat Lawrence in a 100 metre sprint? No, I think he's probably can he beat in a 100 metre sprint. But no. <laughs> We might play Juranovic just to get... I think he's quicker than Hattati, so so we might look for that. But, you know, Juranovic has struggled at Ibrox before. Maybe we had to switch uh, Mado over wings to give him a bit of hand out. Uh, so, yeah, does he start? Depends, depends who plays right back. Depends how many spaces are up for grabs in midfield. You know, I think Kalmar definitely starts. is at right back. 
That takes us to another uh, another discussion then. Uh, talking about the right back, and we'll definitely get onto that. But I'm keen also to get some of your, the thoughts of the commenters coming in. Um, 700 plus strong watching the, the 1230 bulletin on this Friday afternoon. Just as we move into a weekend of uh, celebration, of community, um, of reflection as we move into the new year. Brian's giggling away there. Martin McGarrigal signing the Japanese player of the year as defensive midfielder when you have a midfield that is chock full of talent as well as a settled system. It's a confusing signing to Martin. He's not replacing anyone. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't think he is going to directly replace anyone, but I think what he's doing is he's, he's improving the depth of the squad that we've got. He's improving the options. I mean, once we start talking about the wings and the amount of options we now have down the left and right, James Forrest, an option. Um, you know, at Ibrox, will he start? Who knows? Abada, Sometimes Ange Postacoglu surprises you with the inclusion or otherwise of Leo Labada. Um, and on the left-hand side, you've got Jota, who is undoubtedly, for me, in terms of um, a game-changer, he is that player who could do that for you. Uh, and before the World Cup, I think he was the best player of the, of the season for Celtic. He's gone off the boil a wee bit, so he's no guarantee to play. So do you play Maeda? Haksabanovic is going to be available. Unbelievable options. And I think what Andrew's trying to do is have that comfort every single place on the park, which is the absolute opposite to what he walked into. You remember, you try to put a team together against Michelin for the second leg, particularly. Uh, it was very, very difficult. So, you know, every every single transfer window that Ange has operated in as a Celtic manager has made the team stronger. Now, there might be a counter-argument, Brian, for someone to come in and say, well, Who's made the team stronger from the summer transfers other than the three players we already had in on loan in Maeda, Jota and, and Carter Vickers? Because obviously you've got Bernabe who's not playing, you've got Abogar who's not playing, you've got Seagrass who's not playing, but they have improved the squad. They've improved the strength of your squad and the depth. And I think that the um, introduction of Awata is one of those players. He's not going to walk into this team. Um, and unless Juranovic is sold in January as, as expected, Johnson wouldn't, wouldn't be walking into this team either. And I think it's all about building a squad rather than just a team uh, of 11 players. Of course it is. I, I, I was giggling at that comment just because I, I see the guy's point, but players get injured. You, you can't just say we've got a, a, a 11 players for every position and then that's it. Don't sign anybody else in case it upsets the apple cart. <laughs> if players get injured, it's game over. Um, I think you've seen that. What I would say about the players coming in, I think Burnaby has indirectly improved the squad because I think him coming in has improved Taylor. And I think Greg Taylor's probably been a player of the season this season. I think he's been consistently excellent. Really, really impressed with him. And I think that's because he knows if he drops his form, he's got somebody at his back that's going to play. Whereas the season prior, he didn't really have any competition. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So I think that's been important. Um, Seagrass, we knew was going to be covered. I think he mm-hmm. knew was going to be covered. I think as long as Hearts fit, he plays. Um, I think long term, we will need a replacement for Hart because I, I do think at times when he's got the ball at his feet, I, sometimes I do panic a wee bit, I'll be honest. But I think in general, he's, he's been an incredible signing and I think he's number one. Um, and I think Haksabanovic has been class. I think he's had a real... If I actually like him when he plays is, is the kind of 10. Yeah. You know, somebody can play through the middle. I think he's capable of really good stuff, a really exciting player. Um, in terms of who starts up front, that's a real, a real question. And it's, they could be any number of front three and they're all right and they're all wrong at the same time. So I see, I think Juranovic will start it right back. I think, you know, he's come back. You know, it's the last time to be in a short window. I think he'll go for a confidence. I think if he knows it's his last game probably or one of his last games, he'll be determined to go out in a high. Um, so I think he starts right back, but up front, I, I generally don't know. Because I was kind of, as you were talking about it, I was thinking I'm going well made. I was really good against Tibbs, but he's is he the type of player you want at Ibrooks? You go Jota's class, but he's been off the boil. Abada's really really good, but you don't know what you're getting with him. Aksabanovic hasn't played much. Forrest, people would go nuts, but I, I think I would if I was picking, I'd pick Forrest and uh, Jota, Kyogo up front. Um, and I took Mida and Abada off the bench. Interesting, Brian. That, Very interesting. Purely because I think Forrest has been really good anytime he's played this season. Mm-hmm. I think Ange knows exactly when to play him and what he offers. I think, you know, if because we're a bit of a question mark over right back, if Forrest is there, he will give you more defensively. Because he's slotted at wing back in the past, I think he'll offer you that. And I think just with Jota, I think he's got. Always that bit of imagination, that bit of creativity. Um, as much as me, there's a work course and he's in form. Yeah. He's, I still don't know that he's technically brilliant. He's not going to dazzle players. He's not going to, he's just, he's hard work. Whereas if you, I, I think you need, if you're going to have hard work, say before a start, I think you need creativity on the other side. That's a good point. That's a good point, that, Brian, because I was going to ask you there, right? Is it as simple as saying that in terms of defensive qualities, Forrest and Maeda are better on the wings defensively um, than Jota and Abada? Is it as simple enough to say that? But as you say there, you know, you've also got to have the balance, haven't you? So you need the creativity. And I'm not saying Maeda and Forrest don't create because they do. But in terms of the defensive element of their play, I would say that, that Forrest and Maeda are better. They, they do cover their, their fullbacks a lot better. Um, I'm going to come back to a point uh, Lawrence made in relation to right-back, right? So let's say we're um, patiently sitting there on the first, um, having overcome 
um, a heavy head in the morning or whatever it is that you might be feeling uh, on, on Sunday it will be. And you're checking your Twitter account and there it is. There's the announcement. Juranovic signs for any of these clubs that he's been linked to, be that Torino, Barcelona, Manchester United, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea. Then you're you're looking at Monday slightly differently. So so um, Lauren says that he that Hatati put in performances that uh, made him think he was like the best right back at the club. I disagree. I think he put in performances that were that were great, but not in terms of a right back performance being great. And I, I rewatched the Hibs game, and defensively, I don't think he was sound, particularly in the first twenty five minutes. Uh, is it Yulo? Yulon? Got in behind us a lot. Quite a bit. And I think that for the first 20 until we kind of weathered the storm, 25 minutes, I think he was a target. I do. I think Hibs were targeting him. Um, And I think that would be the same on Monday. And I don't want Hattati to be hung out to dry at Ibrox because, you know, it's easy to forget what that does to players. And the two examples I've mentioned previously, players that have really been hung out to dry played at a position was Johnson and, and Morgan against Rangers. I don't want that to happen to Atati. I think if we've got a fit right back, and I'm hoping it is still Juranovic on Monday, by the way, then the fit right back plays. That That's my kind of view on it, Lawrence. However, you've also got Johnson, who has been training with the side for a number of weeks now. Do you throw him in for his debut at Ibrox against Rangers in this powder keg fixture? Well, I think with Juranovic, whether he's sold or not, you wouldn't want him getting injured, you know, because it looks like he's going to be sold this way. You know, nobody's going to buy him a broken leg, so uh, not I'm saying that that's the tactics we might face. But uh, You might get yourself cut in glass in the box, sliding in for a challenge. Listen, see, think about that. Obviously, member of staff, get hit in the head with the ball. Joe Hart, class in his penalty here. Scott Brown, attacked in the park. Battery thrown, yep. Lee Griffiths. I'm just wondering what extra security measures the SFA, the SPFL, and the police and the Rangers are going to put in place to make it sure for our members of staff. Because we know, you know, the bank Chris something because they can't keep it safe for Chris. Mm. What they're going to do to make make sure it's safe, or is this just something they're going to go? Well, it's Ibrox and it's Celtic, so we don't change anything. We allow this kind of behaviour to continue. You know, I think that the guy that you know attacked Scott Brown apart was returned to the stands, and, and Lee Griffiths was restrained by the referee. Who, That's right. He's trying to go to help Scott, but, but the referee rather than helping Scott Brown restrains Lee Griffiths. It, absolutely bizarre. And then the guy was returned to the, to the stands. So, what extra measures are put in to protect our players and staff? That's are, a good, are, that's are a good point. And, and you know, dragging something up from the distant past. I mean, we're talking about the last time we played at Ibrox here, Lawrence. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a relevant point. And um, I can only hope that both our staff, players and fans are all going to be safe on Monday. And if not, then this conversation will be highlighted again, for sure. Lawrence, some good points coming in. Uh, one from Facebook. I don't know who I'm speaking to, so apologies for that. There's a small kind of registration process if you're, if you're commenting on Facebook. So I can see your avatar and your name. Taking my nephew to the B-team game, he's buzzing. It will be his first time at Paradise. It's a brilliant way to introduce him, I think, actually, taking him to the B-team team game. We'll be touching on the B-team 
game which kicks off at two o'clock. We've actually got uh, one of the Axon contributors are there. He's in the press box, James McKenzie. He will be there and um, he will be uh, writing up a piece for Axon.net, which is going to be resurrected. It's already there. It's live. There's about 600 articles on there. That's going to be resurrected in 2023. And the first article that's going to appear will be James's experience at the Celtic B game in paradise. Now, Pedro Mac wonder if all the law was going to ruin everything. Clan, we're going back to their boxes now. Three players signed before the window opens and roll. Listen, I remember saying it because Peter Law was announced during one of our bulletins, and then we followed that up. Certainly, my take on this, Brian, was if Peter Lowell doesn't interfere with football matters, he's a great guy to have at the club. I mean, he's a he's an absolute colossal um, force in terms of Scottish football, European football, um, and. You know, as long as there's no interference in football matters, superb. Yeah, I mean, somebody says, who else would you have as chairman? Um, I, I, I've got somebody in mind that I think would be a fantastic chairman at Celtic. He's not a contributor to Axom, I've got to say. But there so are not Kevin Graham. Kev Graham, listen, Kev Graham would give them their money's worth, that's for sure. But when we were talking about this, my big question around Peter Lowell was the, the recruitment process. Lawrence knows a lot about recruitment. Who were the other candidates, Lawrence, that were identified? Were they interviewed? Was he the best candidate as Dermot De- De- Desmond, Dermot, Dermot Desmond um, said? He said he was a prime candidate. And if that's the case, who else was interviewed? I'm, I'm not but so there's sure. there's difference between prime, prime and best candidate. You know, you need to spread your net. You know, you can have a prime candidate before you begin your recruitment campaign. You know, you could have a favourite there, thinking, you know, he's got all we're looking for. But look, unless you have kind of a bit wider a campaign and actually look, look at what's out there on the market, how, how do you determine if he's the best available? It's kind of hard to do. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I've not got a downer on Peter Lowell, certainly on a personal level. I think he's, um, the work that he can do for Celtic will, will be massive. But in terms of recruitment, why interfere? It's working. And I think, you know, the last three, and I'm counting this one we're going into, the three transfer windows under Ange Postacoglu prove that it's working. We don't need interference, Brian. Um, so it's nothing personal. We just want Peter Lowell to do the chairman's job. Uh, well, I was in the, it was uh, uh, Laura Collin and I that were on the stream when the news broke. And, um, and I said at the time, I was, you know, I, I think Peter Lowell's uh, got an excellent legacy Celtic. I realise when he overstepped his mark and interfered with player transfers and stuff and because when Rogers leave there's a lot of controversy but if you weigh it up if you just look at it from a business point of view he was excellent for the club and I think I think you're right I, he is an incredibly astute businessman and coming back to the club he knows if he's come back as chairman he's no CEO I don't think he's going to come in and start telling people what he's doing and all that stuff I don't think he's going to get involved but I think as a sort of as chairman for the club um, I think you'd be very strong. I think he's always a good negotiator for us in the sort of European stage and the world stage. I think he's still got a lot of influence. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was very positive about it at the time, but I did caveat it like you by saying, as long as he's just chairman, keep it that way, Pete, and we'll, we'll all be fine. Um, and Listen, I don't know. Brian, he should be involved, though. He should be involved. Who's, he should be involved. He's conducted an awful lot of transfers. Who else has got that amount of transfer experience? Not as a chairman. He has now. As a chairman, but if we look at a club to make the best use of the experience we've got, if we're not asking them about transfers, how they're conducted, look at the selling clauses they put in for us. You know, that 
you know, are still going to make his money in the future. Some of the players he signed with, with, with sold for fortunes. There's definite experience there that we should be utilising. It's just how much influence and, and what he's got on them that would be the worry. I wouldn't have him completely devoid from it. You know, there's things that we can be asking him about transfers. And, and I'm sure that's been happening. Sure, it's been happening, Lawrence, well, even before he, he returned. So, yeah, they're going to be conversations take place, but as long as you know, I think you've got he's going to, he's going to trust his son, he said the recruitment scout, he's going to trust Mark, uh, Nicholson, who's been excellent. And I, and I don't imagine, you know, I think Ange's got a huge sway over these are the guys I want that can get with them, basically. <laughs> and I think Ange's been clever enough to sort of understand that we're not going to spend a crazy amount of money. So if he goes to want this guy for eight million, he knows he's going to get told no, as he should, because it's that's no your stratosphere. Um so I think between that, I think yeah, and maybe indirectly Law will speak to his, his boy about it or have some input, but I think it'd be very minimal. And, and I I'd be surprised if you know Nicholson the city sands would be told what we do so I, I don't see I think lobbying back is a good thing but I, I don't see him getting involved but I, I see your point Lawrence if he wasn't chairman but if he's chairman stays chairman let him do his call mate but you might find it's like indirect conversations well, oh yeah relationships with people throughout European football isn't he you know some that I suppose are going to be better than others and we should be utilising his experience whether that's just going look this is the, the deal we've got or before you go to meet that guy listen what's he like to deal with you know you, you, you need to be plugging into that and and it might just be he's there to do the introductions. You know, if he's got a particularly good relationship with people, listen, this is Michael, he's taking over, you know. Look, it reminds me, though. This experience there. It reminds me, Lawrence, uh, if anybody ever read any of the Shankly books, what happened after Shankly left Liverpool, right? And he kept on up for training, remember? Yeah. And, you know, it got to the point where they had to get told, stop coming to Anfield. Now, that's that's cruel, right? But um, the, you need to move on. No. The thing is, though, Lawrence, I don't doubt for a moment that we're already, you know, tapping in to that knowledge base, that network, without a doubt. So whatever's been happening, that's fine because it's working right now. Let's just not interfere to the point where it stops working. I want to give uh, Paul McGurk a big shout out. Afternoon, lads. Can you please give my nephew a shout? Young Callum. Callum, welcome to a Celtic state of mind. And hopefully hey, you have Callum, a hey. phenomenal new year. Um, as well, because is, I mean, the game? is it Paul that was taking his nephew to the game as well? If it is, enjoy the game. Absolutely, yeah, the B team game. Um, I don't know what it's like around Park Headway, but certainly here in Dalkeith, it yeah. is bucketing down. It's bucketing yeah. down, Lawrence. Um, plenty more to discuss in relation to Celtic, all things Celtic. It's uh, we're up, way up above 800 live watching on the channel, which is fantastic. There's a few things that we ask you to do if you're a fan of the Celtic state of mind. First one you do is you like the video. Give us a big thumbs up because it helps with the algorithm and all that kind of stuff. Subscribe to the channel. Um, all you'll get is Celtic content and we'll make sure that that um, improves in terms of the uh, regularity and the quality throughout 2023 as well. If you want to support the channel further, there's a few links underneath. You can buy merchandise, for example. You can come and see us live, Lawrence, live with Danny McGrain. What is that experience like having Danny McGrain on a stage? Daniel Fergus McGrain, the, the, the greatest footballer Scotland ever produced. Do you know, 1974, the best defender in the world when he was an undiagnosed diabetic. Yeah. No, even when he left Celtic, he, he dropped down a level, won the league with Aki's and was bought the best, best player in that league. The, the, the man is a, 
a living legend. Uh, he is a living legend. Yep. You know, and the stories, you know, he, he was right through there from, I'm sure you know a bit about the, the College Street gang. Uh, you might even have a book about it. Yeah, but he was there right up until... Yeah, uh, a few boxes at Christmas as well, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, he's, he's been back as a coach as well. I think he still does match these stuff. So, you know, he's uh, a lifetime in paradise for Danny, isn't it? Um, um, the you story know, is just great. The, the thing I love as well, honestly, right, because, yeah, his, his playing career has been astonishing, but he came back as a coach in 1997. So what he has seen, he came back, for the stop in the 10 season, right, under Vim Janssen. What he has seen since then, until now, the, the managers he's worked under, unbelievable the tales that Danny can tell and often does. So, yes, you can come and see me on a stage with Danny in March at Gracie's. Um, Is that it's heading towards a sellout. So be quick to get the tickets. Be quick. Yeah, absolutely, because the Brian McClare one in January sold out quickly, as did Tommy Boyd, and we've got Danny lined up for March. More to be announced throughout the year. We want to get out. We want to see the whites of your eyes, shake your hand, get to meet you, and um, really just embrace the community that has kept Axom going and growing for the last two and a half years. If you want to support the birthplace of Celtic, there is a donation link underneath this video as well, and you can download The Glory in the Dream. That's a Celtic song that's going to be out there forevermore, raising cash for St Mary's so thanks everybody for getting involved at all times we really appreciate it I want to talk about Dyson and Maeda um, because I'm sitting looking at uh, his performance against Hibs and I rewatched it yesterday morning so I could chat to JP about it uh, I think again like Moy it's his best in a Celtic jersey um, th they're the two World Cup boys that I think have come back um, with a, an increased energy um, they've got a bit of confidence they've got a bit of form we don't know how it's going to affect Juranovic. You know, the outcome of his World Cup might be that he's away. Carter Vickers, you know, he only got one performance, but he played really, really well in the World Cup. But you look at Moy, you look at Maeda, and I think there has been an injection of energy in both players. Maeda's goal was sublime, uh, to use a very overused term when talking about a player or a goal. Uh, for me, contender for goal of the season. Um, Ange comes out after the game, speaks about his work ethic, his attitude, these things that are so important to Ange Postecoglou, Brian, like we've mentioned. Um, does he start on the wing? This is a big question for Monday. Does he start on the wing? It's, it's so hard to say. Um, as I say, I think if he starts, then you have to have someone more creative on the other side. So you might find it's Maeda and Jota. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. 
House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Some combination like that. The question may be, and this might be controversial and a bit left field, but does he start up front? You know, he started up front for Japan. He defended really well for the front. He's in form. I know Kyogo scored and, and he looked good, but Maeda was excellent. Maybe this is a, an argument that you've got Jota, Forrest, Maeda as your front three. Could that happen? I don't know. I don't know if I see it. I think Kyogo probably starts, but it's something to consider because he has been really good um, and since he's came back. What was interesting, though, was it was the two sides of Maeda. Because as much as we're waxing lyrical week's performance, he did miss an absolute sitter just about a minute and a half before he scored the, the screamer. So there's a way that hit the, can hit the bar. Hit the bar, but he still missed it if you point back range. I mean, I can scored yeah. it, I'm not. So, <laughs> it's very well, Brian. Stay on. Don't yeah, carry the game. It's too far. good chance. <laughs> the, the, the point is, you know, he's, he's still, my only criticism I made is he's maybe not the most clinical at times. But you can't, it's just, as Aaron said, you can't fault his, his ethic. I mean, the amount of ground he covers, the, the, the effort he puts in, the attitude is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he does start, I think he'll start out left and jot out right. Um, I don't imagine a bad will start and he'll start. I think it'll be one or the other. There's so many of these options. I, by the way, I, I think you should have scored the header, but I totally agree with you, Brian. I'm just not sure you'd have scored it. Um, but <laughs> you're right, you're right. There's a few players on that part, and it all depends on whether others are fit. So the right-back position is going to affect the selection in the midfield. And I think the same with regards to who plays out left. It all comes down, because I know that we've had a commenter saying that Greg Taylor has confirmed he's fit for Monday because you bumped into him at Brayhead. That's fine. But if he wasn't fit and you're playing Burnaby, I think you play Maeda because I think Maeda's defensive qualities are, are going to be needed right. then. So it all depends, Brian, on, on various other areas of the park. But again, that taps into this depth. And you look at the players that Angie's bringing in who can play two or three different positions. Our new arrival can play defence, he can play in midfield. Um, and that's key. The adaptability is absolutely key. Um, Lawrence, I've got a few The only thing that depends is see if Maeda's fit starts in Andy's team. That is it, I think, on Monday. That's the only thing we'll wait to see. I think, without doubt, Andy will start him on the left. Mm. doesn't care who's left back. Maeda's fit starts. Mm. I think as well, see, the, the, the good thing if Maeda does start is one of their sort of strongest weapons is still Tavernier in terms of crossing and stuff. That is still one of their most effective attacking options. So if Mieda's there, in theory, he should nullify that and also be able to catch in the break. So I, I think you're probably right. I think, yeah, you've convinced me it should be Mieda and I think Jota. Oh, Good to see Jota coming no, no back. No chance of Jota. I'm not from this. I, I'm going to have James' starting. We are bad at coming off the bench. I think Jota's the, the least likely to start out of the four. We will revisit this conversation. I love I'm this <laughs> David Fraser saw Danny, Davy Hay and McIverney at the Royal Concert Hall oh, a few years ago. They were all great, but Danny was the best by this. And what a night that was, by the way. Uh, it was David. great, wasn't 
It was a brilliant night, yes. Absolutely. I think you got a, a much-used quote that night, didn't you? I did. Aye, I, I de- certainly did. But I remember at the time, though, when Danny answered that question, because <laughs> I'm thinking it's a it's a bit of a woolly question, but there's people out there want to hear about, you know, that Brendan Rodgers. Because bearing in mind, Brendan Rodgers was still something of a messiah at this time. He's still in a job. And we asked him the question about, oh, what about what Brendan says about you when he was doing his book launch there with Eamon Holmes and that? And Danny was like, ah, it was just nonsense. <laughs> and he went on <laughs> to explain what actually happened. And um, I remember thinking to myself, I'm not putting this out there on Twitter. I'm going to leave it because obviously Danny's still employed with the club. Brendan Rogers is still the manager. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, very, very good night. You're, you're spot on when you say that. Kookaburra, Danny McGrain was my first Celtic hero. He's still a hero of mine. I remember um, Lawrence telling you about the first game I went to. It was 1987, Tommy Burns testimonial. And Danny McGrain had been freed during the, the pre-season and he, he never got a chance to say goodbye to the Celtic fans. And Tommy asked him to come on the pitch after the game against Liverpool and they did the, the lap of honour together. I don't know if they went right round the back. I do remember it, picking up scarves and all that. Tommy's shirt came off and everything else. Um, I've been hearing it is taps off weather at Celtic Park, but God, yeah. I, I don't think yeah, so. Talk about weather, the boys in North America, Cleveland, Detroit, the New York Fingham boys, all making out minus 16 to watch the games over a festive period. Phenomenal. Uh, it, it, it's phenomenal dedication. And then go, mate, we're wondering why you haven't been using the same technology that they use in Scotland to control the temperatures. You know, because we've been using VAR to make sure it doesn't go in more than minus nine eyebrows. <laughs> so, it's just like, like bizarre. Lawrence. Uh, always oh, yeah. always there to throw a wee grenade. Brilliant. <laughs> well, Willie D, oh, is the B-team game on Celtic TV? That's a good question, actually, because, um, as I say, we've got James at the game. He's going to be in the press box. He was at the press conference yesterday with Darnold Day. Um, the B-team, for me, uh, it's, a, it's a real good debate to have in relation to where we are with it, how it's improving or otherwise the players but obviously what it's going to be in the future. Um, and then it, it begs a question in relation to how we promote the B team as well, Brian. So there's been a big push for this game. It's the Celtic Park. We're playing Rangers, of course. Um, and yeah, I think it is a good uh, way to to support the younger players. Um, but you look at some of the some of the women's games who have been really, really well attended in recent times, not particularly by Celtic, by the way, they're talking hips and hearts. Um, and there's incentives there with season ticket holders. So if you're a season ticket holder, you can go to that game today, would be a better option, I would have suggested. And I think yeah, out of the 54,000 season ticket holders, say to them all, you can go to the game as part of your season ticket. That's what gets bums on seats. And then you see the product and then you can start buying into it. I don't think the B team was ever meant uh, to be a money-making exercise. I think it was meant to develop footballers. So get the people into the stadium that way, Brian. I mean, whether or not it's on Celtic TV, I'll need to have a look at that, Willie. Uh, let me know in the comment section if you're able to check that. I don't think it would be because they want people to be at the game. I think that's one of the reasons, if it's not on uh, Celtic TV, why it wouldn't be. What's your thoughts on the way that uh, the B team is going, Brian, and the way that we're marketing it, the way that we're able to sell that to fans? Well, the way they're marketing it is is very poor. Celtic, you know, they just need a bit of joined up thinking for these things. The promotion of the women's game, the Celtic B team should always receive the season tickets, you know, be able to view regularly. There should be sort of updates in the squads, who's doing well and stuff. There's, there's not enough coverage of it. So I think Celtic's marketing needs to 
improve. Their communication needs to improve around the, the women's team and the, the, the B squad. Um, that just historically were, were, were a bit far behind. Um, in terms of the, the squad itself, I love the fact that you've got McManus and O'Day there. I love the fact that they're sort of training and playing the same style. It's the first team that seems to make sense. I say the number of times, I don't think there's enough quality there to, that we're going to see in a year or two loads of players coming through. But I think longer term, you will. I think if we keep this philosophy and we have this sort of almost future-proof in the club by making sure we're signing players to fit this system and that's the system we're going to play and it's a clear pathway. But that thing takes a lot of time. So I don't think we can, we can especially judge it in terms of the product at this stage because it's in its infancy. It's a long-term thing. Uh, what I'm heartened about is that Vata got some game time against Hibs. I think it was a good show of faith for Ange. I, I, I actually, we had a discussion in the group chat and I didn't expect him to come on. I thought he was probably going to use the, the time to showcase the players or give players minutes that might feature on Monday. Um, and he might do that. You know, it could be the case that um, Vata gets a, a, a cameo at Ibrooks. But I think, you know, if he's there and he's playing well, it shows that Ange will put them in. We saw it with Doak before he obviously went to Liverpool. If he yeah. had him, so I don't think Ange cares what he's there, if they're good enough. Uh, and their attitude's good. So, you know, if we get, if Vata becomes a, a first-team player over maybe next season, then that's brilliant. Um, but I, I think it may be a while before we get this sort of conveyor belt we're looking for, which is maybe fault. Well, it's just that it's not been organised well until sort of... 100%. Infrastructure. It's just 100%. that... 100%. But we've we've kind of been a victim, I think, in many ways of uh, the Scottish game because, you know, there was a system in place previously and Lawrence was well aware of it because he used to go to a lot of the games on a Friday night where we had a reserve league and there was numerous clubs who were no longer prepared to finance their second string in that reserve league. So, you know, the rug in many ways is pulled under from Celtic's feet at that time. And I remember talking to the aforementioned Danny McGrain who has been involved in the academy for a number of years as well. And he was talking about the fact that they were basically just setting up games with teams. And it was very difficult, you know, one-off games to try and get, you know, games in, in players' legs so that they don't stagnate. And then there was a push to get the B teams into the league. That was first uh, proposed by Jockstein in 1968. And he cited other countries at the time who utilised the pyramid system. It took us until last season to actually do it. And it's going to take a few seasons and convincing the authorities and the other teams when it comes to votes that it's a good idea to allow promotion uh, of these teams into the higher divisions. And obviously, you need to get there on merit. Uh, we started in the fifth tier, but only when we're in the championship, I think the transition is going to be there for the, the younger players to come through and step into the first team. And in the meantime, my view on it, my theory is, you get nursery clubs, you get partnership clubs, and you, on a year-to-year -year basis, you loan out, essentially, four or five players from your academy to get game time at a club who shares our philosophy, who may be coached by someone who was at Celtic. I know we looked at it a couple of times. We looked at it, remember, when Willie McStay went over to Hungary, uh, Lawrence, that was with a view yeah. to having uh, players going over there to get game time. And Willie spoke um, about his frustration at the fact that I think he only got two players and the whole time he was over there uh, came in from Celtic. Then, and I know this, uh, Peter Lawwell was in conversations with Dunfermline Athletic to use them a couple of years ago. Uh, Ross MacArthur and Peter Lawwell were talking about Celtic loaning 
the Pars players to get first team experience didn't happen. So it's one of these things, uh, Lawrence, the B team are playing Rangers at two o'clock today. What's your view on the progression of that uh, facility that we have there at Lennox Town and how well it's producing players, but also the way that the club is marketing that and getting bums on seats? So that, I still call them the, the, the reserves. I suppose getting bums in seats, it doesn't help if I've got a fairly uh, nomadic existence. So you've been moving about. You know, it's helped with, with more games at Celtic Park. You remember, that you know, we used to play at Celtic Park and if the, the smaller games or midweek games, we'd be up at Barrafield. And if enough people turned up at Barrafield, you'd get 10 minutes notice that the game would be moved to Celtic Park and kind of run down the road and, and get in. So I think moving back there... Or moving back to, to doing that would be a lot better. You know, was it last year, year before the club put out pl- plans for a stand at Barrafield? I don't, you know, I think they were passed. I don't know if we're going to do anything with it or if we're just uh, putting that with the museum planning permission. Who knows? But I think getting back to Celtic Park and Barrafield would help get people going back to see the games. It'd also help the club. You know, we've got the sports bar that, that they could open, Kerrydale Suite, you've got the super, super store. It's the level to play it, you know, it's too low a level, so, so we need to do something to bridge the gap, you know. Will it ever be as good as the reserves? You know, they had that benefit of getting players that have been out injured, get, you know, picking up experience for playing alongside them. I don't know, but, you know, I think the reserve is gone, it's not coming back, so. The B team it is, but I think it's getting them a, a defined home, you know, and I think that should be Celtic Park and, and Barrafield if they go ahead with the in the stadium there and I think they would get bigger crowds through that and you touched on you know getting free with season books well Fergus McCann done that if you remember you also get free travel with your season book on match day whether it was first team on or the reserve team under Fergus and the Strathclyde passenger transport area so you know you used to get decent crowds at. I mean remember being a game on a Saturday you know 36,000 for an old firm reserve game you know when, when there was such a thing that is as in such a thing as reserve league and old firm you know, but yeah, you no know, biggest crowd in Britain. Arsenal were playing at home that day. Still, you know, I think Man United were home. They, they couldn't get the same size of crowds as the reserve friction drew up here. So, I think there's a definite appetite. But part part of that's you know playing at Celtic Park, a Barfield, yeah. getting in free for season boot well, holders would, would, would certainly help. Yeah. What is it? Is that tenner today or something? You know, they could make it certainly cheaper. You know. Kids get in for free would, would certainly help. You know, is, is, is the group of the huddle club still going? They should be contacting all, all those members come in for free. They need to do something, you know. Fergus tried a lot to kind of make the best use of assets. I don't know if we are in terms of Celtic Park. It lies empty a lot, doesn't it? So more reserve games there would be better. The Deso pitch was meant to handle more games. Mm. I don't know. That's been utilised to the, to the full in terms of that. You know, I know we don't have any more concerts at, at, at the ground. You'd have been at a few. Oh yes. Uh, so yeah, it's it's getting back to Celtic Park. More games at Celtic Park. Hopefully, you utilise Barrowfield for the smaller games. And uh, yeah, I think we're starting crowds back. And, and definitely, you know, give season book holders in free with your, your season book hotel. I agree with that. I think there's also uh, an argument to say that not just at this time of the year, right? But let the homeless and make sure that we actually engage with homeless charities in and around Glasgow and get the people in and also allow them um, a heat and um, some hot soup and all that kind of stuff. I think that a club like Celtic could do that. They could appeal to 
uh, minority groups all around Glasgow and the surrounding areas and get them into the games as well um, and show some community spirit that way. And it's not about making money, is it? Because the seats are going to be empty. It's made it school, it's at medical school, it's safe at heart, you know? Yeah, yeah. Invite the kids up. They're unemployed um, as well. I, I definitely, I you definitely could get people into that that stadium today uh, by doing it a different way. Uh, Frank Kennedy, we're about to close. Frank Kennedy watched the Three Kings documentary last night. Great watch. Yeah, it's still on, still on, is it Prime or Netflix? Prime, it's on Prime, Prime. It's on Prime. Um, Johnny Owen, friend of Axom, Johnny Owen, good guy. Um, and also, you know, the uh, death of the passing of Edson Arenta's Dina Cemento, uh, better known as Pele, was announced yesterday. And obviously there was a cloud over the world of football, an absolute legendary figure. Whenever, forever, there is a discussion about the greatest footballer of all time, Pele will be in that conversation. Um, some great pictures started to uh, be posted on the social media of Pele with Paul McStay. There was one just last week, Pele with John Sludden, also dearly departed. Um, so the wee links to Celtic are there as well. I've got to thank everybody for getting involved here. It's been tremendous. And as Brendan Monaghan says, Happy New Year, Axon. Well, Happy New Year to you and everybody else who's tuned in. It's been 800 strong today on this Friday afternoon where I've been joined by two of the long-term regulars in Brian Degnan and Lawrence Conley. All that's left for me to say is I hope everybody has a Happy New Year. We're going to continue with daily content. I've got a couple of pre-records that I'll put out over the weekend and we'll be back on Monday for the game. Thanks everybody for getting involved and have a great new year. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.